up God's assignments. Okay? Yeah, so pray. Uh, pray that wonderful things will happen, healing will happen. For Jesus is your father-in-law, right? You've asked that. We're going, we're going tonight. We're a church. We, we talk about it. So church, let's pray. All right, we pray together. Tonight we're going to visit. Is this you in ICU? Okay. Can I go in? Sometimes they allow people to go in. Yeah, I've been to ICU where you've got to stay right, so wear gloves and all. <laughs> all kinds of things. All right. Uh, so never be too busy so that you do not bear fruit. If you remember this. I'm your friend. I'm not here to <laughs> make life tough for you. I want to see everybody here bear fruit for Christ. I want to see everybody here without exception. Whatever your season of life, you go home rich when the Lord calls you home. Okay. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. <laughs> Do it! It's a command. And when we begin to walk in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, we will always bear fruit. None of us are intelligent enough to lead even one soul to Christ. What the Lord wants is we are His instruments. And if you make yourself available, the, the Lord will use you. I don't know what's the impact of me speaking. This is the first experience huh? yesterday I shared. Just a day ago, I witnessed to a man in a Jetstar aeroplane flying from Melbourne to here. It was an unusual experience, brother. All my 40 years of flying, I've never had this experience. We were waiting for, to board. My name was announced, you know. Chinek uh, Ui. They call me Chinek Ui, can you please come to the front desk? Oh dear, I was thinking, don't tell me my baggage is overweight. They want to charge me extra. They weigh me again because, you know, I weighed my baggage 20, about six times, you know, in the home. Oh, make sure it's not over by one kg. They're going to charge me. So I paid for 25 kg. It's 25.7. I hope my 0.7 is correct. <laughs> yeah, I did it six times to get the average to make sure it's correct. So I was thinking, oh dear, this is a bad news. I've got to pay money now. I think they, they, they're trying to charge me or something. No, I was, I was shocked. I said, uh, you, I, the reason why I call you is that you're going to go into the plane first. Oh, why first? Everybody pays him. First, because your row has a handicapped man on a wheelchair and you're on a window seat. So you must get in first and three of you must go first. Otherwise, the whole plane will be held up by trying to fix him onto the chair. So the whole story is that uh, somehow the lady is very friendly to me, you know. Talk to me. She took the initiative to talk to me. Like, girl, huh? her husband tell me about her husband's condition and all. And so I say, hey, I think there's something. So I was first in and last out. You've got to be last out. Everybody get out first before. <laughs> That's not good news. I prefer we last in and first out. See? <laughs> because I say, don't worry, don't worry. I'm patient. I guess, don't worry, don't worry. I've got time. I've got time. I guess, and they look worried. I'm so sorry. I said, don't worry, I've already gone to the toilet. How long is a plane flying? Uh, 55 minutes. I think I can handle it in the cold. <laughs> I make sure I go into the toilet. That's very hard to come out. With it. So it's a very unusual situation. But the Lord prompted me as I look at that man. He said, the man is suffering from a degenerative disease. It gets bad, worse and worse. Something to do with muscle. It's not going to get any better. So I fell for him. And uh, the Lord just prompted me as I was on my way out taking the bag and all. I gave him a two-minute gospel. I said, friend, I'm a Christian minister. I go around the world blessing people. I want to bless you. And I pronounce blessings upon him. You should learn to do that. Huh? Life and death is in the power of tongues. Can I hear the word amen? So speak life. I say, God bless you. Then I realized nowadays God uh, is too generic. Uh. <laughs> and I say, the Lord bless you. I mean, I'm a Christian minister. He looked at me and he said, thank you. And I said, you know, I can tell you of miracles. I got a friend. This is medical history in the world. He is pronounced dead by four doctors. <laughs> but after the operation, they, they cut a part of his brain because of cancer. Brother, it never happens. Probably maybe another few hundred years it happened again. It was in Singapore. They took the MRI. He showed he can MRI evidence of this is my brain before the operation. This is my brain after the operation. You know what? The part of the brain that was cut off because of cancer grew back again, a healthy brain. Can we say amen to God? He's walking around. He's going around the world telling about a miracle working God. Alright, so the Lord has a last word. So I'm speaking this to the man to say, this is my God and I want him to bless you. Alright? Alright, let me read to you from this little book because so many years ago, I, 
I wrote this book and on keeping in step with the Spirit, there's just one of the eight sections uh, I try to share with everybody how we can advance the gospel. I believe the word of the Lord to you this morning is 24-7 evangelism. Do your programs, do your worship night. We're not trying to cut down anything in church, but make sure that we are connecting with the needy. Make sure that we are connecting with the lost. Can I hear the word amen? All right. Uh, Brother Bill says, uh, I agree with you. When you become a Christian, the longer you become a Christian, the more you have fewer and fewer non-Christian friends. Of course, working in a secular works helps. Now, being a pastor and evangelist, I make sure that this doesn't happen. I tell the churches in Malaysia, including Australia, I'm 24-7 available. Anytime there's anybody sick in a family, any crisis, anybody depressed, anybody wants to commit suicide, call me. Don't worry if it's 2 a.m., call me. Don't say sorry to me. I will come. All right? I've told that to friends in Melbourne. We have together in Tung Chin Hospital led, led somebody to Christ. I have to arrange for a Cantonese pastor to follow up this and that. So if you are available, God will what? Use you. So be 24-7 available. Okay? God doesn't just use clever people. Can you read your Bibles or not? How many people is Paul? Of all the apostles, only Paul is a really scholar, Pharisee of Pharisees, studied under Gamaliel. Rest of fishermen. Who did God use to lead the first 3,000 souls? Did I get it right now? The book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Pentecostal preaching. Who preached? Peter. I doubt he passed his MCE or SPM. I don't know what you call it, high school. Okay, so God doesn't. Just look for intelligent people. God looks for people who are available. Can I, can I get the word amen? Alright, so let me read to you. Now this one is from a professor of English literature, C.S. Lewis. Huh? Is there on page 107. I'm looking at it now. I don't doubt that the Holy Spirit guides your decisions from within. Some of the major decisions we make in life are who to marry, you know, that kind of thing. It comes from within. How do I know that Lydia is going to be my wife? It comes from within. Strange, huh? When I first met her, I was, I was going to China during the SARS period. SARS, you know, dangerous. Tan Tau Seng Hospital, people have died. I went to Patapahat. They said this clinic closed down because the doctors who would do a bit of practice in Singapore and during the SARS crisis, he went to three SARS patients and he died. So the clinic had to close down. I was recently in my own country preaching in a place called Patapahat in Johor. So what happened? It's a decision from within. Strange, huh? In all my life, I've met many girls before, but somehow nobody seems to come into the radar. But this one I met just over lunch, something stirred within me. <laughs> During the sun. Yeah, serious, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't speak Chinese. Now I'll share with you. It's not in the book. So I cook up an excuse. Uh, I told my friend, hey, you can speak Chinese. Can you ask her to help me to go shopping so that the people don't cheat me? <laughs> and poor Lydia, when she went, people scolded her because they know I'm a foreigner. Laowai, Laowai, they call you. They will scold her, ni, ni chong, ni chong. Because they want to milk me, you see. And Lydia would tell me the base price is about 40 renminbi. So don't pay more than 50 or that kind of thing. <laughs> so that was a help. Uh, but after the shopping, spending time with her, just uh, one or two days, I share with you. Uh, even in important decisions like marriage. Huh? When I went to the taxi, I just felt a stirring to, to say goodbye to her and keep in touch. So I told my interpreter, I can't speak Chinese. <laughs> Can you call her for me now? Tell her, thank you for the shopping. Tell her to, let's stay in touch. So I remember her first nice Chinese greeting to me. Is, uh, uh, now I speak Chinese. Uh. And then, and then she, she said to me, Ilu Ping An. Very nice. Uh. Chinese, very poetic. Uh. One road. How to say, uh, Ben? Ilu Ping An. One road, peace. Something like that. Uh. Peace all the way. Uh. More than that, she says somehow. Second word. What well, a time to learn Chinese quickly. Uh. Ilu Shun Feng. Whoa. I don't know. How do you translate in English? Uh? One road, flow with the wind. Uh. Uh, like the sailing. Uh, Ilu Shun Feng. Everything smooth. Uh. Smooth journey and, and uh, what? Safe journey. So you can see Chinese is sometimes better than English. Huh? Uh, more sophisticated. You just say, English, you say, hi, ciao, see you. What is all that? Ciao, man. see you. <laughs> uh, see you later. And you go to England. This one was very meaningful. All right. 
So the point is uh, to cut the story short, a bit of the story is told here, uh, how I got her and got married to her. And the Lord also led her by the Spirit. Okay? So we believe that it's something that's led of the Lord. So what is CS3 says, uh, how does God guide from within? Now, I don't doubt that God guides you in your decision from within when you make them with the intention of pleasing God. Should I, should I come to Sydney and stay? Uh, should I relocate somewhere else? Should I take up this uh, offer in Vancouver to pastor churches in Canada? Oh, you know, plenty of options sometimes in life. So which one? Which one at every stage of life? The Spirit will guide us when we want to do it to please God. Now, this is what C.S. says. The error would be to think that uh, He speaks only within. So that's always our error, huh? To think that we must get people to come to church to get saved. Says who? The word is go. I mean, church people get saved, but you don't have to go to church to get saved. They, should get, they can get saved while attempting even to jump. Hey, don't jump. Can I talk to you? Whereas in reality, God speaks also through Scripture. All of us can bear testimony to that. What else? Through the church. John, you may not remember. John Lee, I think uh, last time, Ben, remember Evelyn, you, you got extra tickets those years I stayed with you. I'm not sure if Lydia was with me. Maybe she wasn't. There's a prophetic conference. I said, got free ticket and I went with you. Is it Graham Cook? I always remember John on my right. And John prayed for me and John blessed the marriage. So your prayers are answered. Okay, the marriage is very blessed. Hallelujah. Yeah. Get older people to pray over y'all, huh? Young lady. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in the Bible. No, the, the older one blessing, huh? The younger one, the, the greater blessing. The, uh, you see Abraham blessing, you see the children want to steal blessings some more. Isn't it true? Uh, read it. It's, it's in the scriptures. Okay, let me come on. So God speaks the scriptures through the church. Ah, to Christian friends. Okay, I was just sharing with a group yesterday of eight that uh, one word from Professor Michael Green, I'm now 30 years in ministry, got me in the field to stay for 30 years. Only now I'm trying to come out to go into the world of intelligentsia and academia as a newbie. Never mind. I trust God will give me a lot of years to live. You know? How many of you would like to live beyond 90 years old? Can I get a word? Amen. All right, only one. Uh. Looks like we have a lot of wake services, Pastor. You better prepare for that one. I mean, just by implication. Christian friends. Yeah? I was just sharing a game with a group. A major important decision. Should I give up engineering? Should I give up the dream of being a CEO of a factory? And I, I spoke to the, the man who had ne almost never preached from the pulpit in Penang. I went to see him. He just passed away about two months shy of being 100 years old. I went for his wake service. Amazing man, huh? <laughs> because I see him as a godly man. He may not know system and theology. He may not read Riz Berkov and all this fellow, or whatever you call it, all these fantastic textbooks and all. G.C. Bokuver. Forget about all these names. Huh? These are systematic theologians. But I say, this man is a godly man. I've never seen him miss a prayer meeting. I've never seen him in our kind of worship where he goes to a service where he keeps quiet. He will stand up to pray. Something in his spirit, man. Huh? He's always alive. He's always well-dressed. He's always on time for church. Yeah, serious, you know? Always on time. Even when he's about 98, 99 years old, huh? months before he passed away, he's always well-dressed, looking forward to a meeting. Of course, uh, later years of life, he got a bit of forgetful. He mixed up the dates, you know. So one day, he dressed very well, and uh, the, the daughter, daughter taking care of him said, Dad, why are you dressed so well? See, I'm waiting to go for church prayer meeting. And then he said, prayer meeting is not today, it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. Then he <laughs> changed his dress again. But you can see something about the spirit at work in the life of this man. So these are people you want to see too for godly counsel about decisions in life. And the other one is God speaks to, see to books. 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 Alright. Let's have the thing on. Let's turn to Ephesians. Uh, we're going to look at the whole subject of uh, strongholds, not just uh, outside the church, but strongholds within us as Christians. 
Uh, and all of us have to realize that if you want to move on in the things of God, there must be a breakthrough in our personal lives. Okay? So the outside world will change. Lah. Important things, we ourselves must change. You don't change, you expect other people to change. It doesn't work like that. The church must change. The church must change. You must change. I must change. Then we can change the world for Christ. Can I hear the word amen to that? Change must first happen within. Change must first begin with the family of God. Alright, Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul in chapter 6, verses 10 onwards, reminds us that there is spiritual warfare. At the end of the day, winning the soul of a nation is spiritual warfare. And key to spiritual warfare in this passage is that there are two offensive weapons. The defensive weapons that Paul talks about using the metaphor of a Roman soldier and the breastplate and the helmet and, and feet to be short with the gospel of peace and all these things. All these are picture metaphors. They are important. But they are more to protect us from, brothers and sisters, from being knocked out of the race. Some of us seated here today, you are already out of the race because you copped out. You didn't opt out, you copped out. You are meant to run in the race. So stay on track, stay on track, stay on track. Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Alright? Now, all these are defensive weapons. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We cannot stop the devil from shooting arrows at us. But the fiery darts of the evil one will never hurt us if we are properly clad. Spiritually, we are protected. Okay? Today, you have seen how, how mighty servants of God have become rising stars and falling stars. I mean, you can go and Google lah, any name you want. Plenty of it, whether it's over money, handling money, uh, over sex, or over this, or over that. Uh, one of the modern things, I believe, in the attack of the evil one is that Satan wants to sap our energies by attacking families. Everybody look at me. John, correct? Attacking families. So that 90% of the time, brothers and sisters, you are, you are spending time doing firefighting. Yeah? Can I give you in Cantonese then? I will give you in, uh, uh, after that I give you in English. La. <laughs> Are you Hokkien or what? Our chicken is not going to kill us. I wonder if I can handle you want to talk about outside. You can't even handle your own family things and all. Right. Plenty of these problems. Not just in Australia and everywhere. And so you, you get knocked out of the race. So we need to protect. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Notice where is it situated? In the heavenly places. It's in the air. You can't see it, but it's there. And so Paul exhorts the church in Ephesus, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the Day of evil comes. The day of evil is here. It's going to grow. These are end times. Wait till there are major natural disasters. This ain't it yet. Huh? What you see today in the shakings of the world is probably only 10%. Call it the iceberg principle. 90% have yet to roll in. So, saints, saints, beloved, be warned. Be warned. Be alert. So that you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. The church in China knows that today. Today we can't go to China. Today they pay money for people to report, not just you, but the church, any church that's meeting outside the prescribed legal limits, house churches. Okay, it's a, it's a double, triple dose now. I can't send my staff in now. Today we are doing a reverse training. Instead of training two, eight come. Eight come. We just had one. Six of them come from uh, uh, Shandong. Okay? <laughs> and we are doing reverse training. That's what's happening. So it's never happened since I started the work in 2006. Only in 2019, because of the recent Xi Jinping, you follow the policies. Now, in other words, the, the world we live in is very dynamic. Australia is dynamic. Today you got a believing prime minister, resident in Sydney, I believe. Yeah, amazing. But lots of prayer. And the I in Malaysia, I feel the pressure. Prior to the election, I got three phone calls from Melbourne. Please pray. I got a note from a, a professor. He said, this is very important. If they win, uh, uh, we may not even safeguard our Christian schools as a character. 
the, the policies are going to move. Today, we are having a problem. I tell you one of the end time things, uh, uh, just like Revelations. Okay? Revelations, among other things, uh, is about the context of Revelations, it's about the struggle between the church under persecution because of state intervention. We are talking about Nero and the Roman Empire, in which the book of Revelation is written, at least the historical context. Okay? Today, churches in the end times, they are trying to run families. They are showing their hate already in Australia. They are showing their hate in Canada. Books on LGBT is all there. I had dinner in Melbourne. I told the mother, the mother, I think you better talk to your daughter-in-law or something. I said, oh, you got three nice daughters. I wonder if it's a boy, but the hair is like that. I said, hey, this is very dangerous in this culture. Government's already trying to confuse people and sex, and you are the mother and father, and you someone like that. You dress your, your boy like that, very cute. I, I thought he's a, a girl. I said, well, you got nice, three nice pretty girls. I said, no, the last one is a boy. How do you expect me to know the eyes look like girl, the hair look like girl? I said, cut the hair. For young already, you're, you as a parent and giving identity confusion eh, to, to the thing. Okay, the, church, the state is trying to run the, the church. The fear is that uh, if you have a wrong kind of government, they're going to dictate to you in the name of tolerance and equality and non-discrimination. Please, 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 even your church has some non-Christian stuff. So how do you expect to maintain a Christian character and values when, when you've got all kinds of people coming with all kinds of values coming to your church or to your schools to teach? So don't let your guts down. So pray that your prime minister will stay on long at least for another term. I really respect him because he's not a closet prime minister. I read, I read news. I think your two previous prime ministers was invited to come to church. They don't want to come. <laughs> Maybe it's not politically good to come. Huh? So they sent emissary. This one, where in the world you find a prime minister on the first, just like America, on the first uh, week of the election, kneeling down in front of a church asking for prayer. Can we say praise the Lord? Somebody in Melbourne told me the atmosphere is already changing. You can sense it in the air. So there's a prince of the power of the air that seeks to come to destroy the church, to destroy the family. By the way, the family is God's institution. Anything that God institutes, Satan tries to destroy. Let me move on very quickly. What else are we on? Stand firm with the belt of truth. Buckle around your waist. Truth, uh, very quickly, when we talk about defending and contending for the gospel, truth is very, very important. Today, the church is a compromising church. Huh? I'm almost given up on the institutional church already. Ten years ago, the Lord spoke to me, I'm going to take you in many, many places of the world and I want you to seek out the faithful remnant, work with and through them, those who will confess Christ as the only Lord, only Saviour. Today, we are moving into times when there is universalism. Everybody has equal claim. Okay? We believe that your way will lead to heaven, but please respect me. My way also will lead to heaven. So the uniqueness and the finality of Christ is being compromised. If I read the Pope, this present Pope carefully, he's talking nonsense. You don't have to be a Christian to go to heaven. How about that? Coming from Holy Catholic Father Pope. You don't have to even to be a Christian. Uh, you can go to heaven. If I get him correctly. All right? So this is startling. This is startling. Okay, so truth, you want to know a simple definition of truth? Christ is the embodiment of truth. <laughs> so, alright, if you are no great theologian, make sure that whatever is said is Christ-honoring and points to Christ. Can I hear the word Amen? Okay, today people don't want to preach about the cross. Uh, those days we have to talk about the health and wealth gospel. All kinds of things uh, are, are coming to the church, you know. Okay? But we need to make sure that whatever we do, whatever we say, how we live our life is Christ-honoring. If I have this attitude, will it honor Christ? So, so don't be a habitual latecomer. It doesn't speak well of you. Once in a while, you're allowed. Maybe your grandchild didn't sleep well. 2 a.m., you've got to wake up. Somebody falls sick. Is that okay, Pastor? Habitual latecomers doesn't speak well. Something is wrong with your internal clock. That's all to it. All right? Uh, yeah, let me move on. What else is there? So, uh, be Christ-centered so that you don't stray away from the truth. Buckle around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet shorted 
uh, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We overcome the enemy by faith. Faith is active. Faith is not just intellectual assent to truth. Faith is trusting God. Faith is walking when the Spirit prompts you. You cannot see too far. You cannot see too clearly. Never mind. If the Spirit of God by His light, torchlight shines one step ahead, just walk there because there's a shine of the Spirit. They say, go this way. And you just go that way. I'm here to, today alive and still able to keep this appointment because God kept me alive. John, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, I bought a new car. It's only two years old. I just registered for a third year. Continental tires. Two of them burst at different times on the highway. Amazing. Huh? One of them due to a nail, and I don't have a warning to say that you're traveling and your tire pressure is going down. But the Spirit prompted me, uh, slow down. I don't know why you asked me to slow down. Pull your car to the side. Don't, don't, don't jam the brakes. Just tap it slowly. I was traveling with 110, you know, the highway. Mm -hmm. Tap, tap, tap. The minute I stop, boom! The whole thing burst. <laughs> what if 110 and the whole thing burst? You're going to sway out of control. You might hit a lorry, hit the rail. And the goodness of God, brother, is what? What's the miracle? I turn behind the street, I see two people with uniform walking towards my car. I thought, oh no, are they catching me for speeding or what? <laughs> Turn out that they are the people who check whether any problems on the road, they come and help. And within five minutes, they repaired, put on a spare tire, and I was in time for church. I was speaking in the church in Holy Light in Johor Bahru. 4.30 meeting Saturday, I was on time. Anything could have happened. And then recently, I was driving again from Johor after preaching at night about 7.30, driving from the south back to Kuala Lumpur. That's my country. Way at night. It could have happened anywhere. It could be an accident again. Only when I take the curb, just three minutes to my home, I sense tire again problem. Another new tire problem. A motorbike came beside me and said, your tire puncture. He kind of keep talking to me. I said, why is the man waving at me? I said, I said, I said, I know. I think I can make it three minutes to my house with a punctured tyre. When I took out a tyre, brother, is, I, I don't know what happened. It's as if somebody took a gun and shot a bullet through the side of my tyre. Boom! I tried to look for a nail or any stone. Nothing inside. That means the track just gave way. Uh, got weak or something, you know. That's continental tyre. Since then, <laughs> since then, I have repented. I immediately changed to Goodyear tires. <laughs> the emphasis is on good. Yeah, I'm just joking. They have improved their technology. You know. uh, repentance is not saying sorry and then you use the same continental tire. Repentance is change. Amen. So many of us, in a good sense, this church is going to boom when we repent. When we repent, when we repent of what? I also need to repent. Hello, look at me, not just you. I also need to repent. When we repent of our, what? Comfort zones. It doesn't matter, you know. In any stage of life, any season of life, we must never be too settled if we want to see a movement. Movement stops when we stop moving. You say, I'm happy. I remain this way. If you're happy selling a fried me, fried me on the stall, you will always remain that way. If Mr. Kentucky Fried Chicken who is a Christian. By the way, God used him. If I get the story right, he almost committed suicide. No? End of his life. The wife left him, later came back. If Mr. Kentucky Fried Chicken just feel that I think Kentucky Fried Chicken by its name should remain in Kentucky, it remains there. But today it's all over the world. It's so popular that when I went to the Bahamas, there's a long queue always outside almost every Kentucky Fried Chicken. The, the Bahamians are black. I don't know why they like it. No, I think their daily prayer is, give me this day my daily Kentucky Fried Chicken. They just love it. All right. Uh, I'm going to come back to the scripture, but talk to your neighbor. Talk to your neighbor. I want you to minister to, to each other the, wor the words now. Take a pause. Move on. I'm doing this with my life. Can you turn and take a pause, whatever you're doing, and move on. So I'm taking a pause after 
three years of uh, burning candles at both ends. Can you pray for me, church, with your family? I'm going to Europe. Five countries are waiting. And I'm prepared to go to Africa or anywhere. I used to say, no, 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 no. But I say, okay, okay, Lord, Lord. I'm available at this stage now. Anything, anywhere, anytime. This is a season. This is a moment for me uh, to step into Europe and to other parts of the world. I will take up your assignments and all. Now, this is what it means to, to keep in step with the Spirit. You don't come and keep setting preconditions before God. Can I use the word now? You don't come if you want to grow and bear much fruit. You don't even come, not just condition. You don't even come and, and keep telling God your, 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 your limitations and your liabilities. Come on, let's learn from the book of Genesis. Moses couldn't be where he is if he had lived according to his excuse. But, but, always but, but, you know, I, I'm not a good speaker. I started, you know. So God wouldn't have that. Okay, I'll give you Aaron. Anything else? But you take the lead. I'm not asking for the best speaker to lead the people of God. I'm asking for you because I've anointed you. So take your role. Huh? If Aaron say, part the Red Sea, the bit, Red Sea is not going to move a bit. Okay? You just raise up a hand, there's victory. Remember all the battles and all? You're weak, is it? You're an old man now? You, you, you find it even hard to raise your hand now because you're getting a stroke or something? Right? Okay. I'll get Aaron and her. But raise your hands up when Israel goes to battle because you're the spiritual leader. You've got a problem physically raising your hand, I'll give you help. Aaron and her will hold it up because you cannot hold it too long. You remember the story in the Old Testament? As long as the hands were held up, Israel was victorious. This is spiritual warfare. As long as, and then when the hands go down, they were pushed back. So this is a mirror. What happens in the spirit realm gets manifested in reality in the physical realm. So the physical manifestation of a person and a church, let me put it inversely or the other way now, conversely, is an indication of what's happening in your spirit, man. Are you folks with me? Can I say this again? The physical manifestation of my life or the, my family or my church is an indication of what's happening in the unseen spirit realm. That is why when you have a revival and revival fire, like that sister, you cannot stop her. I don't need to tell her. No offense, man, to evangelism explosion is a good method. I don't need evangelism explosion. I'm already on 24-7. I don't need some rigid method. My method is to listen to the prompting of the Spirit. Nobody told me to bless that man. We were the last and nobody else. We were the last three on the plane. First in, last out. You know, my 40, 50 years of flying has never happened to me that I was given priority entry because I never sit business class. Okay, I'm always economy. But this time it happened. So it happened for a reason. And a handicapped man is seated next to me. Perhaps this is the first time he hears in his whole life a minister pronouncing a blessing on him and telling him the possibility that you will trust God. You might just walk again. You might just burst the medical textbooks. Uh, the doctors will say, according to our prognosis, uh, you know, this kind of degenerative disease, I don't think you have more than 24 months to live or something like that. It's going to get worse and worse. That's what the wife said to me, it's going to get worse and worse. I say, okay, that's what the medical says, but if the Lord says otherwise, it will be otherwise. Can I hear the word amen? The final word is always with the Lord. Okay. All right, let me move on. So, can we now take a pause? Some of you here today, you may be struggling. You know it. But I want to say, the Lord wants to give you a breakthrough. Okay. I used to, it's a fact. I got more experience, brother, as a single than a married man. I'm only married 15 years. So, I'm still qualified to take single seminars, no? Be single and whole because I got, I won't tell you how many years of single life or more. <laughs> Very long. So I understand the struggles of being single. It's not that I'm, you, you know, uh, especially you want to get married and you're still not married. There are struggles. But would you like to believe that God will never shortchange you, each one of you? I don't know who is single and who, married, I know, I don't know who is single here. Right? And if you walk before the Lord, there's not one inch of blessing that God will minus from you. But walk in obedience. Can I hear the word amen? That's my passion in life. If God meant me to save five million souls, I want to finish the journey. 
I don't want to go home with 5,000 souls. I'm not bragging. I just told a, a, a pastor who drove me. I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong. God has different design. For me, my wiring is I'm not excited to build a church of 5,000. John, I tell you that, okay? I say, why settle for 5,000 when by 2030, God willing, I will have 5,000 churches and maybe 1 million souls saved and maybe 25 million people come to know the gospel? That's for me. Uh. Everybody is different. I'm not saying it should be you. But that's the way God wired me. Now. I'm not excited. I'm not excited even if you pay me fantastic salary to build a 5,000 church. I am not excited. Okay? So I just want to do what God puts on my heart. Alright, let me move on. Uh, no time for all, 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 all that kind of thing, you know. Take down 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And I want to develop today, uh, I believe it could be a word of the Lord. Huh? So today I'm not speaking too much from that, huh? just put it up there. Take down 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And I want to talk a little bit on strongholds. Because if there's going to be any breakthrough, we need to break strongholds. And not just outside, not just demonic strongholds, not just the eternal strongholds. Uh, the evil one is uh, today destroying a lot of young lives. Uh, I can say now with some authority in Australia, because your Prime Minister just prayed not just for the rain, the last part of his prayer, he prayed about youth suicide. Did I get it right? For Australia. So I don't have the statistics, that means it must be a concern that is registered even by the Prime Minister of the country. So one of the things we learned, and very simple, huh? you don't have to be very smart to, to figure that out, that physical progress, infrastructural progress, all the modernities that cause the United Nations to label the country, this is first world nation, is no guarantee that the rate of suicide will not increase. I believe that Japan has probably the second or the most highest suicide rate in the world. People are very lonely. People are very lonely. And coupled with loneliness, aimlessness, purposelessness. Because when you're lonely, you're not connected. If I'm feeling sad, who to talk to? I can talk to the computer. That's what's happening. I don't have a community. Okay, and people get depressed when these things get multiplied and don't seem to be hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, and then I will tell you a story, a real one to encourage you. The Apostle Paul talks about strongholds, but he also talks about demolishing strongholds. Alright, let me read. Huh? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for verse 3, for though we live in the world, which is where all of us are, what did Paul say? We do not wage war as the world does. How does the world wage war? Weapons, physical weapons, economic sanctions and whatnot. The weapons we fight with, Paul says, are not the weapons of the world. Wow. So weapons of the world, if they are going to be weapons, are weapons, can I, can I use the word, in the natural? To intimidate you, to frighten you, to bully you, to cow you. Cow you means make you bow down. These are weapons of the world. That's what China is trying to do to the church in China today. Weapons of the world. So I'm not worried for China. I say, what you worry? Just pray for them to be strong. The history of the church in China is that today your house church is about 71 million. There are three self-churches and some of them are compromising national type of church. They are only 30 million. That's because you've got faithful people in the three self-churches. I mean, the system may be lousy, but you've got a lot of faithful pastors. I know. I've even been to my wife's hometown I've never been to a church meeting in Malaysia, I, I dare say probably Australia, where people got to stand outside to pray. Have you had one meeting where people got to stand outside there to pray? In a tree self church in Happy, I got to stand outside to pray. Look inside, because it's packed. Tree self, not even house church. So something is happening there. That's not happening in other countries. Alright? Something is happening in the spirit realm. People are spiritually hungry. Let me move on. What did he say there? The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? Divine power. Underlying the word divine. You cannot fight with God and prevail. Okay, church? You want to bear fruit, you flow with God. You don't fight with God. You don't put up excuse after excuse and fight with God. 
So those of us, I understand you. Uh, can I speak to the grandparents? It's very important huh, to, to do good grandparenting. It's a ministry. You want to make sure they're in the Lord. They're well raised up. You're passing on a godly legacy. But if you want to be used of a God, perhaps you need to find windows of opportunities where you can also spend time outside of the family circle to minister to people. If everybody just inward looking, then of course the church is not going to be to grow, let alone be a movement. We're not even talking about movement yet. We're talking about growth. Right? Uh, as a ballpark number, pastor, nothing to do with you uh, and the leadership. Any church uh, within three to five years uh, can't even see more than 30% conversion. Uh, that church uh, must do serious soul searching. Now, please, uh, we are still friends. Uh, I'm just talking as a principal. John, do you agree? Within three years, you can't even see a 30% conversion. That means one year about 10%. <laughs> Something is not right somewhere in the spirit life of the church, regardless of whatever activities uh, we may have. Can I say again? Now I'm old enough. Sister, I don't just see what you talk. I want to see how you live. Church, I don't want to see how many activities you have. I want to see the fruit. And that's important. Okay? Today I talked to senior ministers in the 70s, 80s. They are talking fruit. Actually, in my life, there's not much fruit to show. No? That's a very sad remark. When you come almost to the end of your physical life, we want to see fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say, we want to see fruit. All right, Pastor, I see that you are getting gung-ho about that one. Let me now talk to you about second part. On the contrary, they have divine power to what? Demolish strongholds. Now, the idea of strongholds, before I come to verse 5, is that of a fortress mindset. Can I give you the picture? Uh, you think about castles, especially you go to England. There are plenty of these castles. I visited uh, some of them. All right? One of the nice medieval castles. Uh, how many have been there to visit? It's called Warwick. I, don't ask me why it's pronounced Warwick. Uh, this English is very tough. The spelling is W-A-R-W-I-C-K. So when I was there, the English corrected me because, you know, I'm a Malaysian. I said, come, let's go to Warwick Castle. I said, no, no Warwick. It's Warwick. Okay, okay. I suppose they are correct. La. That's their language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even football teams, I, I get it wrong. You know. Yeah, it's, it's very familiar. How do you spell T-O-T-T-E-N? I must tease Ben. Ben, if you get it right, lunch is on me. I must check. Maybe he watched football. How do you spell T-O-T-T-E-N-H-A-M? It's the name of a place, but name of a football club. Those who know English, keep quiet. It's between me and Ben now. Just for fun. What? Tottenham. You can give me 10 tries, I will never get it right. No, it's a fact. Alright? The only word I get right in Australia is might. Might. <laughs> One Malaysian friend, you, know, you, you understand, sometimes culture itself can be got, uh, promoting, but culture itself in a place can also be demoting. Can I hear the word amen? So don't take too much pride about just Australian culture. I don't care about culture. Christ transcends culture. Can I hear the word amen? So we must critique culture. So the good parts, we praise God. The not so good parts, we want to transform it uh, for the glory of God. Okay, so I tell you one part of America I shared with a group which is God promoting. These are strongholds. Don't be offended. Huh? I come here 22 years already. Australia is very much a BYO culture. Bring your own. Okay, America is a strong philanthropic culture. I just came back two months there. Huh, John, I went to OMSC. How many of you have sung the song To God Be the Glory? Hands up. The song. Yeah, Stephen, you know the, 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 the one who gave the hymn, uh, Stephen, is William Doan. He is a founder of OMSC, where I spent six weeks. Some missionaries go there for nine months. Only two third world missionaries qualify. Alright? William Doan. Towards the end of his life, they won't tell me. He gave, I think almost, oh, I don't know how much, but many millions. And the ministry has been going on for 98 years. Just to the endowment. <laughs> they didn't even touch the endowment. I met people from Peru, Sri Lanka, India. Two third world missionaries were there to have the follow, the research before they move on. This man gave because he has a vision to refresh two third world missionaries. 
In a Roman Catholic church, are you all ready? This is America now, the good part I see. I'm learning philanthropy now. I'm like, Ooh, I can never be like that. I said, I'm a Malaysian, you know. But you better learn, the Lord say. You want to go global, you better learn something more. That's called philanthropy and generosity. There's one Catholic church in New Haven where I spent six weeks. A local church member. Can you get ready? He gave to the local church, not even to the whole Catholic church. To that church, US $75 million. Is that a lot, of fact? I'm looking at teasing fat now. <laughs> it's amazing. I said, wow. Never heard of these things. The founder of McDonald's, who owned the McDonald's and later became international. I went to a place called Idaho. I'm sharing with you now. I'm, I'm learning how people do ministries. It's a happening place in Idaho. That's why Americans use the word seamless. Now, I'm not saying that this church should go that way, but I'm telling you about people who dream dreams for God. He put in millions, built a community center run by the Salvation Army. You go inside there, you can go and hang out as a senior citizen. You can even get a job there to coach people swimming, uh, sewing lessons, language classes, computer, this and that. Third, third age, uh. is it third age or what? Third age university. That means maybe people who are uh, 60 years and above. Uh. You, you, you don't have a feel that I'm old, I'm useless. I, I can go and make myself useful again, learn some counseling skills and this and that. You know. It's amazing. It is the center of activity in Idaho. But the dreams and the vision, the picture is that came from Mr. Founder and CEO of McDonald's. There were only two such experiments. Now, this is a business model. He put it there within three or five years. The whole thing becomes self-sustaining. So I don't have to keep pumping money in uh, to get the ministry going. Now, I'm just opening up all these things. Uh, so that uh, Because America is a land of dreams, uh, at least in the past. It's a land of possibilities. So we must learn to, wherever we are, in our little box, I'm looking at Krishna, think big for God. I'm still thinking big for God. Okay? I haven't resigned. I'm turning 65 already. I haven't said now it's time to smell roses and look for all the senior citizens, uh, mark them that is cheap and just go every day here and there. You know, I mean, That's fine. Uh, I, actually, I hardly have time for that. I need to uh, use my senior citizen thing better. Yeah? But th that's not uh, my focus in life. Uh, my focus in life is uh, God. What's your next assignment for me? Alright? I want you all to take down because sometimes some of you are feeling bones, aches, eh? in your joints and all. Would you like the Lord to give you supernatural health? Could you take down Joshua chapter 14 and I'm going to read verses 10 to 12. Joshua chapter 14 verses 10 to 12 and then we must come back to this verse and a couple of exhortations and then I want to pray. I want to sorry. Joshua chapter 14 Verses 10 to 12. Where is my 14 now? Okay, here Caleb tells us a little bit of what's happening in his life in Joshua chapter 14, verses 10 to 12. Now then, just as the Lord promised, can you underline the word? This is the Lord's promise. Can I pause and share my life with you? I'm 30 years in ministry I have never been lacking in anything. Anything. Okay? Because the Lord promised me in 1991, about a month before I came back from Vancouver to Malaysia, I said, Lord, <laughs> I have never done full-time ministry. I have exhausted most of my financial resources. At age 35, I'm going back to Malaysia with 800 ringgit left. You don't smile. Nobody will look at me. No time, no money to date you out or so. To deposit into the public bank. So, do you have anything to say to me? I've used up all my life savings already. <laughs> my net worth is 800 ringgit. So, can you tell me something? What do you want to tell me? And the Lord gave me a strange promise. Almost like the book of Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The Lord, the word prompted my spirit. As for you, just you, huh? you will always have more than enough to share with others. That is the verse that I propose to Lydia. The Lord said this to me. I promise you, don't worry. Some people worry when they marry full-time worker. Don't know got enough to eat or not. No, that kind of stuff. Uh, there will always be more than enough to share. Talk to Lydia. She'll tell you that. When she married, she said, you, very miraculous provision. Huh? Uh, can I just open up a little for you? I can go to her church. They give me an ex-love gift. Huh? This is no hint to you, huh? Before I even come up to the pulpit, somebody will hand me a check and it's 3,000 ringgit. This is for you. 
My, sometimes my wife has a joke, well, like that, I also want to be a full-time worker. <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry, it doesn't work with everybody. I mean, that was a specific promise just for me. So today, through your fellowship, now we are sharing with 500. In time, the cover may be sharing with 1,000. Today, we are sharing with the millions, the tracks, the books, the gospels, the gospel recordings and everything. Today, we are sharing with China. Today, with the training of the evangelists who come to China for a month to be here in one week in Kuala Lumpur, three weeks in the Baptist Seminary in Penang, uh, by the year 2000, sorry, 2020, by the year 2020, we would have trained in China itself at least 10,000 house church leaders. Can we say praise God? Uh, that's reverse training. Now, that won't happen, brother, if the Lord didn't cause persecution to come. 2008, I was prevented from going in. If not, I'll be going in. Every year, I go to China twice. So, you know, you can't come in anymore. So, God has His way of, uh, of, of yeah, getting His work done in, in a different fashion. So, what did Joshua say now? What did Joshua say concerning the testimony? Because you, you need to understand, 45, 40 over years of wandering around the wilderness, the older generation, the complaining generation, the murmuring generation have perished. They didn't even see the shore of the river Jordan. So it's mainly Joshua and Caleb and the younger generation that is going in, correct? To, to take the promised land, to cross over. But first, a miracle must happen. But already before the miracle, the parting of the river Jordan happened, Caleb gave his testimony. He's saying that all these years, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for how many years? 45 years since the time He said this to Moses. Well, Israel moved about in the desert. So he was part of the wandering team. He has seen how God moved pillars of cloud by what? By day and pillars of fire by night. How God rained manna. So he, he doesn't need some precept that his God is Jehovah Jireh. I see with my own eyes. God is a provider. He provided manna from heaven. He provided guidance for the people while they are wandering around in the desert. His presence is there in the tent of meeting. Moses will go inside there and talk to God and receive instructions and all. So he knew the presence of God. He knew the promises of God, this man. What did he say? So here I... So here I am today, 85 years old, I'm still alive, kept by the power of God. I met up with a senior pastor for lunch, one of the big churches, and said, you know, I look at him, he said, brother, you look like you're frozen in time. 72 years old, I think they've got more than 30 over churches planted in Kuala Lumpur. Is that a lot? A <laughs> short lifetime, I think when he came out full time in his 50s, you don't have to guess who, he said, Brother, Lord has kept me alive. Give me help. I'm not just enjoy life and all these kind of things. The Lord has kept me alive for a purpose. So God keeps us alive for a purpose. Okay? So I ask you before I move on, how long would you like to live? Think about it. Think carefully. Huh? Don't change your mind afterwards. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I've shared it with you as a church. I hope uh, you still see me standing and walking around when I'm 90 years old without a wheelchair. I told the Lord, uh, I don't want more money. If you want to honor me, give me health. At least up to 90 years old. I want to walk about so that I can boast about you. So that I can talk like Joshua, like five years more. The Lord has kept me alive all these 90 years. But what else? But look at this, this man. Look at his spirit. Now look at this now carefully. This is a kind of spirit that will break strongholds of negativity in our mind. This is what Joshua said. What did he say? I am still, verse 11, as strong today, 85 years old man talking, as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. But look at the last verse. Now give me this hill or this mountain country that the Lord promised me that day. That means I have still the hills to climb, hills to conquer. Brothers and sisters, this is not the language of a man getting old, just complaining of aches and pains and feeling depressed. There's nothing more, no more reason to live. So can I even encourage those, uh, you know, I don't have the experiences yet, but uh, sometimes we lose loved ones. And sometimes with many, many years of marriage, we are tempted to say, maybe I should go home. I want to see my loved one as well. 
Well, that's okay. I mean, there's a good reason. But the more important reason is God still has a race for you, for me, regardless of what has happened. And we must finish strong and we must finish well. If I may say, because I've comforted some of my friends who've lost love, I think, I think your wife or your husband would love you to carry on. That would be the wish of the person. So just press on. Press on. The grace of God is available. Press on. Press on. Sometimes family, there can be tragedy. I know of pastors who lose a young boy. Until today, the pastor tells me, Chinek, if my son were alive, huh, he will be 40 years old today. Now, what touched me is this pastor told me, he's not lying, huh, there's not one day, right? There's not one day I never think of him. You know. the, the son died at six years old. Tragic, lah. The older boy drive the car, didn't know he was behind. He was crushed to death in the garage. Okay? But he's my chairman now. But he never gave up on God. And the Lord comforted him. Lord gave him a vision. He's not, he's not charismatic. He's not one of those that every day tell you vision. He said, after the, the, the boy passed away, he literally appeared to me in a vision. I said, what's the vision? He said, my boy, huh? That boy knows how to take the father's heart. He never goes to bed without knocking on my door with his blanket. Even as a six-year-old boy, he always knocks on the door before he goes to bed. He will hold a blanket and he will wait for the father to hug him. It's very touching. Uh. I say, you know what my boy will say to me? Dad, you are the best dad in the world. I hear also my heart. <laughs> and then he said, one day while he was grieving, the Lord gave him a vision. He saw the son with the same blanket in the vision, but taller. He's no more a six-year-old boy, like a teenager boy. Taller, like he's grown, you know. That's a vision. And then the father instinctively reached out to one to hug him in the vision. And then he said, Phew. it's like a movie. Ah. <laughs> he just disappeared. Phew. And just waved from up there. Maybe the comforting that your boy is safe. He's with the Lord. Okay? Now, I don't presume to understand what is going through in your family life and everything. But I want to say, don't allow these weights to weigh you down. The weights, uh, after being too long, can be a settled thing and it can become a, a stronghold in your life and become a legitimate excuse why I don't have any energy left for God. Joshua said, or Caleb said, what? This day I'm 85 years old. I'm still as strong. I'm still as because Is that the language of somebody who's depressed? Can I boast in the Lord? I have no time to get depressed. There are too many exciting assignments ahead for me. So seek the Lord. The Christian life is exciting, brother, when you learn to see Christian life is an adventure. You know the destination. Let's say if I'm going to Denmark, I know maybe I should go to UK, London, take a tube. I've never been to Denmark, by the way. It's an adventure. What I know about Denmark is the Carlsberg advertisement. The Carlsberg girl, uh, those days in the movie, you know. And yeah. But this time I'm going there. You're going there because God in his time has assigned you to be there. So can I put down now? I'm going to close down. Take down God's assignments. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, what do you mean by keep inside the spirit? Can I translate to the physical? Take God's assignments. Turn to your neighbor and say, take God's assignments. All right? So can we, uh, before we talk about pulling out, uh, before we talk about pulling down strongholds, uh, Potter's mindset outside with the people, the secularists, uh, the satanists, uh, there must be some of them around here, all these things. uh, Let's talk about Christians pulling down strongholds in our mind, in our lives. Let's be watchful. Let not these things uh, grip onto us so that, you know what's the end result? We have no fruit to show. Okay? A Christian life should be exciting. Can I hear the word amen? Christian life should always be fruit-bearing. How can it be possible if I'm attached to the wine, I'm the branch, and there's no healthy leaf to show, no fruit to show? It's an organic attachment. It's an organic, it is a relational attachment. So if I walk relationally with God, with God, alright, and please Him, there's no other way. The fruit will come, I don't have to ask for it. That is the result of organic, close relationship with the Lord. All right, would you please stand? We're going to close now. So, can you name a stronghold in your life now? I have to name one. 
I share with you, uh, then so that you are comforted. I also have to put down strongholds. What's my stronghold? I told the Lord, actually, uh, in the natural at this stage of my life, I don't want to go anywhere. Maybe I should stop coming to Australia. I would like to drive my car interstate, enjoy the highway, enjoy the durians, enjoy the patin fish. Sorry, I'm talking Malaysian language. Uh. Uh, nothing to do with your... I don't know what you like in Australia. Uh, <laughs> what do you all like in Australia? What? Pies. Uh. Forget about it. No pies. <laughs> 250 is better. No, okay, I'm just joking. All right. It's all taste buds and all that. Yeah, talking about that. So I prefer that to the pizza of Italy and spaghetti. It doesn't excite me, you know. Uh, uh, for the Chinese, I must joke about it. The hardest part to convert is the stomach. You can give me 10 sandwiches, cold food. I've, I've been on the last two months, I know. I can eat tons and tons. But unless I've got warm coffee flowing into my stomach, my brain says, you haven't eaten. You're still hungry. I mean, that's how the wind fires. So it's a stronghold. A stomach can be a stronghold as well. Right? So, so can you now please, where you are, name a stronghold? Sometimes a stronghold could be a pet you keep, you know? So I have to say no to my wife. We love dogs. They cannot keep dogs. Our lifestyle is bad. It's cruel to dogs. Don't do that. Cat, okay. Cat, easier. Huh? But not dog. Dog cannot. We are missionaries, uh, so we cannot uh, mission comforts, not dogs. Okay, so some for yeah, is love. Some of you, the stronghold is some kind of a pet plant or bonsai plant. I don't know what is happening in the house, and then you can't go far because what's the excuse? I got bonsai plant. I cannot leave them for a week. Very expensive. I bought it for maybe one thousand dollars. You know, so <laughs> so don't don't erect at all these things uh, unless it's of the spirit. Okay, walk in the spirit. Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. So can you name one stronghold? You don't have to be so negative. Like, like for me, stronghold is I have my preference. Uh. At age 64, 65, I would like to do ministry a certain way. Can or cannot the Lord say you listen to me? I direct you. Oh, I said at age 65, so I cannot retire. Uh. Somebody told me, Chine, you got so many friends in Melbourne. Why don't you come and retire here? I said, no, 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 no. The Lord didn't call me to retire here. The Lord didn't call me to go back to Vancouver to retire. No, 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 no. Okay, strange. I got to go to a strange land called Europe or maybe Africa. Okay, I'll do it for you. Walk in the Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to us. The Spirit of God lives within you. So get in touch with your own hearts. Get in touch with what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Every day, Every moment. Boarding a plane, pronouncing a blessing on a handicapped man, visiting somebody who is depressed, praying a sick for a sick person, speaking a word of encouragement. Walk in the Spirit. All right, I give it 30 seconds. I'm going to close in prayer. And that's how personally we can defend and to contend for the gospel. It must begin in the house of God. Don't talk about outside first. Lah. Talk about inside. What is happening inside us first. Get the house of God in order. Get your own house in order. Then we can talk about changing Australia for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for speaking to us. Lord, thank you for giving us not an exhortation in Galatians 5.25. Thank you for giving us a command. Thank you for telling us that there's no other way for fruit-bearing Christian life unless we walk in the Spirit. In other words, we listen to the Spirit. We must be led by the Spirit. Thank you for reminding us of the unseen spiritual warfare. And for reminding us today that what is manifested in our personal life, in our family life, in the nation's life, is but what happens in the spirit realm. There is a mirroring. That when Moses... Uh, whose anointed leader raises up his hand and don't give excuse and even get the support of Aaron and her because they are spiritually symbolic. There will be spiritual victory. So I pray every hand will be lifted up in this church. Young and old, there will be no excuse because of studies. There will be no excuse because of, of family commitments. There will be no excuse because of grandparenting. Fine in itself, we should be good grandparents. We should raise up godly grandchildren. We should raise up godly children. But Lord, don't let this be just the only thing we do 
as Christians. As John Wesley said, the, the business, our business on earth is to save souls. And Lord, let us major in the saving. So I pray from this point on that within three years, this church will see at least a 30% conversion growth. I'm prophesying now, okay? As we walk in the Spirit, Lord, we walk in your promise. And I want to thank you today that after 30 years of full-time ministry, I can say without any apology, I am amply supplied. At a time when I need a wife, you gave me a wife. <laughs> At a time when I need certain finances for certain things, you just cause it to happen. Praise be to God. As you promised. As you promised. So I pray God that this church will go on an adventure. Adventure of joy, adventure of fruit bearing, an adventure of personally tearing down personal strongholds. And Lord, it's not just to my brothers and sisters. I, you have to do it to me as well. Because I don't know what it means to travel to this place and that place. I'm more comfortable in a few countries. And you taking me out of my comfort zone. But Lord, I know that as you promise, you will be there. And you will be sufficient. Alright? I want church for you to end with three affirmations. Huh? Something to do with your spirit, man. Something about our God. Church, can you say with me, before I pronounce the benediction, our God is able. able. Alright, let me give you a scripture verse uh, so that this is good biblical preaching. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ever dare to think or to dream or to imagine, to him be the power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Alright. Next. Our God is Sufficient. Say it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Alright. Sometimes you don't even trust in the goodness of God. We're not sure whether it's good or not. <laughs> Our God is good. Can we say that? Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the empowering presence of His Holy Spirit that lives within you, cause you to walk, to live, to speak, to act, to devote, to do, all the, all the action verbs are, in such a way that you will bear maximum fruit. For maximum glory, huh? not minimum. Huh? For maximum glory to honour the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. God's people say, Amen. Amen. There are a few books over there. Help yourself and they will help uh, in the work of the Lord. Oh, only a few there. Do have a, thank you, thank you. Pastor, over to you.